2: Happy Full House Friday! Everyone, Angela Bowen here, the host of Oh My Lanta, Holy Chalupas, an unofficial Full House, Fuller House podcast. Well today I'm continuing this series entitled Jesse's Ladies with Season 1, Episode 14, entitled Half a Love Story, which aired January 15th, 1988. (laughs) Yes, in this episode we meet Robin, who is an old college friend of Danny's, who is going to be interviewing for a field reporter position at the station that he works at. In this episode, Jesse uses baby Michelle to get a date with one of Danny's co-workers, or soon-to-be co-workers. This episode's got a 7.1 out of 10, based on 326 ratings. Robin, of course, is played by... We got a handful of people here. We got Robin played by Kristen Alfonso. We have Darcy DeMoss as Jill. We have Joshua Cadman as Derek. Mark Costello as Anchorman. (laughs) This episode was directed by Howard Storm. Writers, Jeff Franklin, the creator, and Russell Marcus. Let's see here. Do we have trivia? We actually do not have trivia for this episode. (laughs) There's a goof. When Joey is quote-unquote cooking and Stephanie comes in and grabs a Chinese carton, she's holding it by the metal, but in the next shot she's holding it by the bottom and goes back and forth. Well, that's continuity for you. I don't know what to tell you. When Stephanie brushes Robin's hair, the brush jumps from her hair uh, to on top of it between shots. Well, you know what? I don't know what to tell you. That's just, again, they take several shots of one scene until they get it correct. We do have a review. This is by Mitch RMP. This is from December 7th, 2013. He gives this a 5 out of 10, titled Fail at Love. It was a surprise to see Christian Alfonso on this episode. She played Robin, Jesse's new love interest. She's best known for her longtime role in Days of Our Lives as Hope Brady. I've never seen it. I'm not sure if she's still on there or not, as I haven't seen it in years. Jesse uses Michelle to catch Robin's eye while dropping her down at the station, which makes no sense since. Danny is working, why, and Joey is with the other girls, I don't understand why he can't also watch Michelle, doesn't make sense. But Jesse has a surprise waiting for him. Robin, an old friend of Danny's, is in town to audition as a meteorologist at the studio. I don't think she was going for a meteorologist position, I again thought it was a field reporter position. Jesse is excited about this, but when an old girlfriend tells about how Jessie snagged her, Robin no longer has interest in going out with him. That's really all there is to this episode. Not really much meat except for a couple cute good uncle scenes. Oh yeah, yep. One in particular comes to mind towards the end of the episode. Of course, before I officially get into the podcast, I want to tell all the Tanner newbies, aka new podcast listeners who are just now jumping aboard the Tanner train, aka the podcast, where you can listen. You can listen on SoundCloud and iTunes, Apple Podcasts, also the, fa- the podcast does have a Facebook page. Just type in Full House or Fuller House Podcasts. the All My to Holy Chalupa- Chalupas podcast will pop up. Also, another thing about this podcast, there are other Full House podcasts out there. However, this podcast is an Ears of All Ages podcast, and what I mean by that is that it can be listened to by anyone. There is no bad language. There is no adult situations. You know, any anything, any inappropriate context in that sort of... Anyway, so... Also, another thing, (laughs) I don't do the show episode by episode, season by season. I do it based on character or based on theme. Right now we're in January, which has always been reserved for Jesse, so it's always a series of Jesse episodes. Sometimes there's even, I've done... Themes for holidays. Next month is going to be all about Joey. And then in March is going to be good girls and bad boys. So all different themes. I just wanted to kind of set myself apart. You know, do something a little different from the other Full House podcasts out there. Also, like every podcast, they need support. And the only support I ask of you, listeners, is a moment of your time to go on iTunes and leave a review or a rating. All five star reviews and ratings do help the podcast get noticed by other Full House and Fuller House fans like yourselves. All right, without further ado, let's jump into half a love story. All right, so actually, we're not. <laughs> Episode does not open in the house. It doesn't open in the living room, the bedroom, the kitchen, none of that stuff. It actually opens at the News Channel studio. Being Danny is a sportscaster, of course, in season one. He does not start wake up San Francisco until Lori Laughlin as Rebecca Donaldson comes on the show. That's all season two. So right now, yes, he is a sportscaster. And one of Danny's co-anchors says, all right, and when we come back from the commercial, we'll have Danny Tanner for sports. So he works for Channel 8 News. (laughs) Danny says, all right, when we'll be back, you'll see grunting, sweating, and when I'm done with that, (laughs) and when I'm done doing that, he says, "When when I'm done doing that, I'll read the scores. Oh, my gosh, Danny. So Derek comes on. Says, all right, we've gone to commercial. You guys are all free to get up and move around. I mean, yeah, any job where you have to sit down isn't necessarily bad, but if you're sitting for like hours on end, it's like you need to get up and like move your legs, <laughs> get some blood flow back into your body <laughs> for sitting in one position for hours on end. I mean, ugh. and we see Robin for the first time. She's like, Smiling at Danny, you know, and it's just, it's just interesting because it feels like to me, Robin is maybe a smidge younger than Danny, maybe by a few years, because he says my old college friend, Robin, so maybe when Danny was like a senior in college, she was a sophomore or something. Danny rushes over to her, gives her a hug and says, hey, Robin, oh, so how'd your interview go? Wait, don't tell me. Mr. Morton loved you and you're a new news reporter. Because you're our new field reporter—that is actually the position sh- she's going up for—and of course Danny has to bring up the subject of money. And if you are, are you making more money than me? Oh, for heaven's sake! <laughs> and Robin's like, oh yeah, right. My first reporting job, making more money than you. Uh, yeah. She's—I haven't even met Mr. Morton. He's still at lunch, apparently. Well, you know, those guys, they probably get like an hour-long lunch where they go out to a restaurant every single time they go. They got to go out somewhere. If they don't bring a lunch, they go out to eat because they get an hour-long lunch break. And Danny's just like, oh, my gosh, Mr. Morton is going to love you. And Danny continues like, oh, my gosh, it's going to be so great to have you here. It's like, Danny, you need to stop getting her hopes up. Because what happens if she doesn't end up getting the job? I mean, Wait, this is the second time you say that's going to be great to have you here, unless you make more money than me. Uh, I, what is this whole thing about men and women and just men like, oh, she can't make more money than me or I'm going to be not happy about it. It's like, really? Come on. Stop with that. So Derek comes up. Tells Danny, hey, look, the Warriors just made a trade. And Danny says, Derek, all right, I'll be right there. I'm talking to Robin right now. And Derek is just, he's he's like, Tanner, let's move it. Let's go. The commercials only last for so long. We got to get you back on the air in front of the camera. Danny's like, in a second, Derek, I'll be there. Robin, won't you come over for dinner tonight? And, of course, she's like, oh, that's great. You know, I'm going to check into my hotel And Danny said, oh, no, no, no. You are not checking into a hotel. Not my old buddy, my college friend from college. You are going to stay in my house. I have plenty of room. I have an attic that (laughs) is housing all my childhood treasures. You can sleep in a sleeping bag on the floor up there. Well, the fact that he offers Jesse's bedroom to her without consulting Jesse at all. Like put her in the alcove, Wait, Joey's still there. shoot, that's not gonna work. Uh, have her sleep on the- co- no, I mean if you I mean, yeah, a bed would be better than a couch, but then again, I mean you pay for a hotel out of your own pocket. It is like nineteen eighty seven I mean, how much is this gonna going just cost even in eighty seven I mean, I don't even know where she's i mean, is she from California? Or just, I don't know. She must be in town because why would she be taking a job for a place that she'd live like 45 minutes to an hour away from? That doesn't make any sense. And Danny says, hotel for my old pal Robin? You are checking in at the Tanner Hilton. He says, I'll put a new paper strip over the toilet. You'll be all set. Considering that you would be sharing that toilet with one, two, three, four, five, since Michelle's not potty trained, so it would be five. Five other people. <sighs> and I, I mean, I guess it's just occurred. I've never honestly been to a house. I mean that uh the paper thing that goes over the toilet seats that's something you would find you find it in a public restroom. I Don't really think that, I mean, if you have them in your house, that's awesome. You know, for forget, like, let me put this down. I'm also trying to think, like, didn't toilet seats, not just the seat that you lift up, had the toilet seat cover on it, but isn't, doesn't, although it sounds really gross, whether the toilet, oh, no, that's a toilet lid I'm thinking of. The toilet seat I'm thinking of, I don't think that would have, like, one of those how would that work? I don't think that would work that way. Oh, yeah, Derek is insistent. Tanner, move, move, move. Let's go, let's go, let's go. <sighs> D- <laughs> Danny just looks at Derek like, Derek, do you uh, need me for something? And Derek all but, like, rushes Danny out of the shot of the camera. Like, let's get you back in your seat. Robot ready, go back in the air. Let's go. He, like, yanks him back towards his seat at the the desk that he shares with the other two newscasters. The Channel 8 Action News at 4 will be right back,
3: with Danny Tanner and all the sports. You'll see grunting, you'll see sweat, and when I'm done doing that, I'll read the scores. (laughs) We've got a commercial. Great. Thank you, Derek. Robin. Hi, how'd your interview go? Wait, don't tell me. Mr. Morton loved you and you're our new field reporter. And if you are, are you making more money than me?
1: Yeah, right. My first reporting job, making more money than you? I haven't even met Mr. Morton yet. He's still at lunch.
3: He is gonna love you. It'd be so great to have you here, unless you make more money than me. Tanner, Warriors just made a trade. I'll be right there. Let's move it! In a second, Derek. Why don't you come over for dinner tonight?
1: Sounds great. I'll check into my hotel and be. Hotel?
3: For my old pal Robin? Uh Uh-uh. You are checking in at the Tanner Hilton. I'll put a new paper strip over the toilet. You'll be all set. (laughs) (laughs) Tanner, move, move, move! Derek, do you need me for something?
2: (laughs) So Jesse comes in with Michelle on his shoulders. He immediately zeroes in on Robin, commenting to Michelle on how gorgeous this woman is. And apparently this is a thing that Jesse's got going. He has perfected it where he uses Michelle to lure women, to bait women, to wind up getting dates with women. I mean, my goodness. He even get a have mercy from Jesse. Which, I mean, Jesse knows Danny's schedule. He knows he's on the air. The fact that he's coming there to drop Michelle off, like, that's an appropriate option. I mean, if Jeremy and I had a small child and Jeremy said, I can't watch the baby. Here, you take them while you're working. I'm like, I'm making pizzas. I don't think that's going to be a possibility. (laughs) Yeah. So... Jesse takes Michelle, turns her so she's facing over his shoulder, and he's like, all right, Michelle, because he starts walking backwards with her looking over his shoulder at Robin. He's like, all right, Michelle, beam her in. And Michelle starts pointing, like, eh, eh, eh. The thing that kind of makes me wonder if when Michelle sees, I mean especially at this age, if she sees a a lady, will she think, oh, I don't see why she would think that, oh, that's my mom, even though it's the first time I've seen this, I don't think so. I don't think she would be confused like that. But of course takes notice right away and says, oh, she's so adorable. And Jesse whispers to Michelle, Here she comes to Michelle, you're better than a Ferrari. Thing is, so Robin apparently does, she must know that Danny's got, well, I think when she does come over, Danny asks Stephanie and DJ, do you remember Robin? She used to come by the house on occasion. So maybe it's been a while since she's seen Danny, and she may not even know the current situation that this is his brother-in-law, Jesse. Danny has a nine-month-old daughter named Michelle. He has no idea that, she has no idea that they're even related to Danny. He probably just thinks this is some guy doing whatever at the station. He's dressed in ordinary clothes. He's not in his bug-killing exterminator jumpsuit. Robin goes up to Michelle and kind of tugs on her sleeve and says, Oh, hi there, little angel. Uh, I can definitely say I don't think this is something that you would do today. It's not like they're in a shopping mall. They're not in, like, a Target or a Walmart going up to some guy who's holding his kid you you would not be this would not work today it would definitely would not Jesse turns around and Robin's like oh hello I was just thinking that this has got to be the cutest baby I've ever seen uh, she, she's cute uh, as far as the cutest baby I've ever seen pro- probably not I've seen other babies that are just as cute if not cuter and Jesse's like, oh my gosh, you think she's cute now? Watch this. And he blows on her bear tum-tum, at her tummy. And I'm just like, I, I don't know. I, I don't know if, if I had a kid if I would be comfortable doing that. It's just, I don't know. To each their own, I guess, right? But the fact that he invites Robin to do it is just, I don't like that at all. <laughs> Invite someone you don't even know. Like, here, put your mouth on my baby's tummy and blow raspberries. Another thing with the blow raspberries, I don't like that term. I get what it's implying, the whole, like, you know, that sound or whatever. I mean, I just did that on my arm, but. (laughs) (sighs) I'm kind of curious where the phrase blowing raspberries came from, because I thought that was also the whole, (laughs) You know, that sound. Not even reacting to Jesse. She's not looking in his direction. She's not looking at Robin. She's clearly looking at probably her mom off stage. And I think a lot of that is, that's what that is. She is looking at, you know, her mom. And he's like, yeah, you try it. And she's like, "Uh, are you sure? And he's like, yeah, go for it. That is too much blowing raspberries on a baby's belly. And Jesse's like, oh, wow, I think my niece, Michelle, really likes you. Quote, unquote, Jesse likes her, and he's using Michelle for funneling his thoughts through Michelle <laughs> to Robin. Yeah, Mich- yeah, especially when he's like, oh, Michelle thinks you have very pretty eyes. What? <laughs> I'm sure I'm making too much of this, but Yeah. Robin says, oh, it's a pleasure to meet, and then she turns to, like, "Uh, you, Michelle. Because they're using Michelle as a (laughs) way to, uh, with their reaction, interaction with each other. Basically, Michelle is the go-between. It's like having a divider between them, so they're not speaking directly, they're speaking through Michelle. Robin Winslow, hmm, there's another Winslow family on TGIF, Family Matters, Uh uh-huh. And Jesse says, Oh, Michelle wants you to know my name's Jesse Cochrane. Oh my gosh. Oh the long I just season one Jesse I just I can't with. I mean Cochrane and the long hair. I mean I thank goodness we we dropped that. We dropped that after the first episode of season two. It's now Katsopolis and the short hair goes goodbye. And Jesse's like, oh, what was that, Michelle? And he leans down like she's supposedly whispering in his ear. And just oh, I know this is kind of embarrassing. And, you know, we just met and all. Michelle thinks that maybe the three of us should get together. He says, Michelle thinks we're having such a great time. We should get together for an evening of dinner and dancing. Jesse is wearing, of course, he's got the first top buttons of his shirt undone. And he is wearing a silver cross on a chain. Which makes me think, as the series goes on, we see more and more necklaces and medallions, you know, crosses, peace symbol, necklaces, and stuff like that. And Robin says, you know, oh, well, I mean, listen, I I gotta get settled in tonight, so... But, you know, if tomorrow night's good, how about maybe the three of us meet here around 6 o'clock? And Jesse's like, oh, darn, you know... Michelle's got tickets to the offer tomorrow tomorrow night, but I mean, if you're still free, I mean, you and I, maybe, I mean, Michelle, is that okay with you? Is that cool? Let Let me see. Yeah, she says it's cool. It's good. It's cool for her. I mean, she's, she's, uh, disappointed, but, you know, she'll, she'll get over it. She's a baby. Jesse's going a bit far with this Michelle bit. Is it, oh, should we, uh, seal it with a kiss? Robin looks at him like, wow, you're being very forward here. And Jesse's like, well, for Michelle, of course. So they each kiss Michelle's cheeks. And it's just, I don't like this. I mean, I get it, Jesse's supposed to be an uncle, but Robin is a complete stranger, even though she and Danny are old college friends. I still don't feel good about this at all. Yeah, and when Jesse is kissing Michelle's cheek, he's looking into Robin's eyes saying, Michelle thinks you have beautiful eyes. Robin tells him, I think Michelle's been hanging around too many singles bars. She, she is definitely wearing a powder blue pantsuit. Definitely, you know, of the 80s. Women wore the pantsuits. What a team, Jesse says as Robin walks away. Team? Really? Really? She did 98% of the work.
4: Have mercy, Michelle. Look at her. She's beautiful. All right, kid. Do your thing. All right, Michelle. Beam her in. She's
3: so
1: she is so adorable.
4: Here she comes, Michelle. You're better than a Ferrari. Hi, there, little angel. Hello. Hello. Oh, I was just thinking that this has got to be the cutest little baby I've ever seen. Oh, you he think she's cute now? Watch this. Go <laughs> <laughs> oh, ahead, try it. Are you sure? Yeah, go. No. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I think my niece Michelle really likes you. It's a pleasure to meet you, Michelle.
1: <laughs> I'm Robin Winslow.
4: Well, Michelle wants you to know that my name is Jesse what Michelle excuse me sir. <sighs> I know this is kind of embarrassing and we just met and all, but Michelle thinks that the three of us are having such a good time that maybe the three of us should get together for a romantic evening of dinner and dancing <laughs>
1: Oh. well listen I've got to get settled in tonight but if tomorrow night's good how about maybe the three of us meet here around six
4: darn. darn Michelle's got tickets to the opera tomorrow night uh. but I suppose you and I could still go out
1: well, I don't know. Only if it's all right for Michelle.
4: Oh, it's fine. Let me ask. Is it okay, Michelle? Is it okay? <laughs>
1: Michelle
4: says it's okay. So, should we see a kiss? For Michelle, of course. Of course. Michelle, give a kiss. <laughs> Michelle thinks she had beautiful eyes.
1: I think Michelle's been hanging around too many singles bars. <laughs> Bye, Michelle.
2: Bye, Jesse. What a team. So, yeah. Jesse pops into frame. They're getting ready to come back from commercial and do the sports and whatnot. Joey. Ugh, Joey. Jesse has Michelle. And he's thinking he's just going to hand her off to Danny. So, while Danny is reading sports. He's going to be holding Michelle the whole time. Because Jesse has a big audition and Joey's running the girls around town. There's no reason that Joey couldn't have taken care of Michelle. None. Because why would he hand him off to Jesse if Jesse's got an audition Just say, oh, yeah, just drop her off at Danny's work. I mean, I'm sure he's got a, you know, they run a daycare for the employees. They don't. Which, why would they? Yeah. Joey's running the girls around town, so you have to take Michelle. And Danny's like, yeah, but I. And of course, the man sitting next to Danny, who's introducing him to the viewers, saying, "And now, here with all the sports, our very own Danny Tanner." And J- Danny just rolls his like, "Oh, hello. I'd like to introduce a new addition to the sports segment. My daughter, Michelle. Michelle is here to pick tonight's NBA winners." And Danny asks, like, okay, honey, who do you think's going to win tonight? Do you think the Warriors can beat the Nuggets by tonight? <laughs> uh, yeah, pretty much answer is, like, yes, Michelle picks the Warriors. Clearly she's waving to probably her mom offstage. Both of the co-anchors here are just looking at Danny like, what even is this right now? We don't get to bring our kids to work. Not that we'd want to. Well, the one guy is just kind of smirking, and the other guy is sitting next to Danny looks at him like, I don't know what's going on. And before we cut out of the scene, Danny says, thank you, Michelle the Greek. So there's a Simpsons episode called Lisa the Greek, which has to do with the fact that she is able to pick the winners of sports teams, and Homer uses her to bet on these teams, and he starts rolling in the cash. And then, of course, when it's time to pick for the Super Bowl, she figures he's just using her to bring in money and place bets. She thinks they're spending quality time together. Yeah. It's like, no, he is taking advantage of her and his time being spent with her.
4: on the air in 15 seconds. Okay, thanks. I got an audition for a big gig and Joe's one of the girls around
3: town, so you have to take Michelle. Yeah, but I. And now, here with all the sports, our very own Danny Tanner.
1: (laughs) Hello. (laughs) Uh,
3: I'd like to introduce a new addition to the sports segment. My daughter, Michelle. Michelle is here to pick tonight's NBA winners. (laughs) Okay, honey, who do you think is gonna win? Do you think the Warriors can beat the Nuggets tonight? (laughs) Yes, Michelle picks the Warriors. By how many points, honey? Five points. Yes, you'd one point, maybe. One point. Five points. Thank you, Michelle the Greek.
2: So, yes, it has been quite a while since Robin has seen the family. Clearly, she remembers when Pam was there. Because now we're at the house. It's nighttime. She's visiting with Danny and the family. Well, mainly Danny and the girls. And Robin says, now DJ, I remember you when you were that big. So probably about Stephanie's age, which is about five. So she and Danny haven't really seen each other since DJ was five. So it's been it's been a bit. Of course she clearly already knows that Pam is no longer in the picture. She has passed on. Um uh, can you but when people do this, some of you haven't seen in ages, and I mean like five plus years or more. And they're like, oh, do you remember me? Because Robin's thrown this question at DJ. And DJ's like, yeah, sure I do. You were the one who looked like you. Because I had done, um, I think it was back in 06. And it was at my sister's house for uh, Christmas Eve dinner. And there's a woman there, and I hugged her. And she's like, oh, you don't remember me, do you? And I'm like, "Uh." Last time I would have saw saw this person would have been when I was, like, nine, ten years old tops. And by 2006, I was, (laughs) I was 24. So, no, quite a while had, uh, well over a decade had passed. But I'm like, oh, yeah, that's right. Because she told the story about how I, like, was over at, their house and ate a whole jar of black jelly beans <laughs> and proceeded to get sick <laughs> <sighs> i don't even like black jelly beans <sighs> basically black licorice or licorice in jelly bean form and danny's like dj it's okay i mean you were only five <laughs> and stuffy gets a little worried like i'm only five does that mean i'm gonna forget all this Well, I mean, as we get older, some of our old, our, you know, say we're 10, our memories from when we're five really are going to probably, be. it's like a filing cabinet, it gets all shoved to the back to make room for new memories. So unless a particular memory stands out for a certain reason, odds are we probably will remember some details, but it's not going to be as clear and concise as if it happened yesterday. Yeah, DJ says, yeah, probably. You're probably going to forget this. Stephanie's saying, like, you know what? I should be taking notes on this. Why? I mean, we're not going to see Robin again. I mean, she's a nice lady, but.
1: DJ, I remember you when you were
0: that big. <laughs> do you remember me at all? Sure I do. You're the one who looked like you. <laughs>
3: right. <laughs> it's okay, DJ. You were only five.
0: I'm only five. Does that mean I'm gonna forget all
2: of this? <laughs> probably. <laughs> I should be taking notes. <laughs> so now we move to the kitchen. We got Michelle in her high chair, which nowadays I I can definitely see why something like this high chair from the eighties would probably be recalled today to do like, oh you know, they could pinch their fingers in the sliding mechanism of the tray. The legs aren't sturdy, they're easily bent because they're metal poles, you know, that kind of thing. But anyway, Joey's got, he got a takeout. He's got a wok on the kitchen counter, he's dumping the Chinese takeout, which is basically noodles and meat and whatnot, because he wants to make it look like it's a home-cooked meal. Well, get rid of the paper bag evidence, get rid of the cartons, because no one's going to believe, because... Joey does have, and this carries on throughout the series, he does have a reputation by her not being the best cook. And it feels sometimes it's the women on these sitcoms that get pegged as not the greatest cook. You know, Maggie Siever from Growing Pains is one. I believe Jill Taylor from Home Improvement is another. Just, uh, Becky also is one that she's like, oh, your meatloaf. Blah. no thank you. Michelle's the only one in the kitchen with Joey. Joey knows she won't talk. Michelle, listen, if anyone asks you, all right, I made this dinner completely by myself. So these cartons here, you did not see them. If Comet were there, he'd probably put the stuff in the bag here. Comet, take this up to the backyard and bury it. He says, you never saw these takeout cartons. Got it? I love how she puts her hands up to her face. (laughs) I didn't see nothing. (laughs) I didn't see anything. Oh, but someone else sees them. (laughs) as Stephanie walks into the kitchen. Oh, but I see them. (laughs) And Joey's like, oh, (laughs) hi. (laughs) How long have you been standing there? (laughs) I love how Stephanie's just like, Joey, 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 Joey. We actually do see the bag with the... Chinese takeout cartons in a trash with no liner in it. We got people in the living room who could walk in any second. Also, see what Stephanie's seeing right now. Okay, here's the thing: when Joey dumped that carton of noodles into that wok, it's not on the stove, but it made a sizzling sound as if it was on a burner. This is one of those walks, like, it's where you can just plug it into an outlet, and it's doing its own thing. Because it the way it's set up, it doesn't have, like, you put it on a stove. Because back then, of course, you had the coils on the stove, or you had, if you had a gas stove, of course, you had to light the pilot for it, light the flame. This has something under it so you can't really put it so i'm guessing this is one of these that you just you plug in and you can set it on the counter yeah and joey tells stephanie like steph look i'm tired of getting a hard time because i'm not the world's greatest cook and Stephanie says that's all right joey i'm not the world's greatest anything and joey's like steph that is not true you are the world's greatest stephanie and that is a fact so you solely being an individual and being yourself is you being the greatest you until you start making accomplishments. Everyone's good at something. It's just inhuman. It's just, it's part of your nature. It's just what you do. Everything has, everyone has something about them they can do better than someone else. She will be the world's greatest dancer. She'll be a DJ. She'll be a songwriter. She'll just be all these cool, cool, amazing, and she's the world's great, you know, big sister, she's an aunt, she's going to be a mother. I mean, yes, these are all accomplishments down the road and roles that Stephanie takes on, but she's got a lot of great in her. She just hasn't realized it yet. I'm just thinking, <laughs> being this is season one, we haven't gotten to season eight. Flounder tarts, even though I've covered that episode back in April for the serious episode series. Um, yeah, <laughs> we have not gotten to flounder tarts. That makes me gag just still thinking about it. Blah. If any worst food out there deserved a quote-unquote Razzie Award, it would be flounder tarts. Which is cut-up fish inside of Pop-Tart-type pastry. Ew. He says, you are the world's greatest, Stephanie, and that is a lot. Stephanie, of course, appreciates this and says, thanks, Joey, and don't worry, I'll keep your secret. I like how Stephanie, she's holding the takeout carton and Michelle is, like, trying to inch forward, like, trying to grab at it, even though it's empty. (laughs) And Stephanie says, but watch her, she thumbs at Michelle, she's a blabbermouth. Uh Uh-huh, and Stephanie herself has called herself a blabbermouth, too. We know that Michelle cannot keep a secret, just like Stephanie can't keep a secret. She's always like, all right, why don't you tell everyone or everyone I'm almost done. I'm almost through cooking, wink, wink. She's like, oh, yeah, I'll tell them. Have some high five. (laughs) You want to get rid of the evidence? Don't put it inside the kitchen area.
3: Now, Michelle, if anyone asks you, I made this dinner completely by myself. You never saw these takeout cartons. them. <laughs>
0: <I see> <laughs> Hi. Joey, Joey, Joey.
3: Steph, I'm tired of getting a hard time because I'm not the world's greatest cook. Don't worry, Joey. I'm not
0: the world's greatest anything.
3: Now that is not true. You are the world's greatest, Stephanie, and that's a lot.
0: Thanks, Joey. And don't worry, I'll keep your secret. So watch her. She's a blabbermouth.
3: (laughs) Okay, why don't you go tell everyone I'm almost through cooking. (laughs)
0: Okay.
3: Alright. Thank you. I'll just get rid of the evidence.
2: So now we meet Jill. She is an occasional date for Jesse. We learn that, yeah, because Joey's, Joey's familiar with her, so apparently she comes over to the house often, you know, the door's unlocked. off. She just, you know, lets herself in. And Joey's probably like, oh, Jill, I didn't know you and Jesse had a date tonight. She says, well, we don't technically, but when we're not dating other people, or if we don't have a date with other people, then we pretty much have a date. It's just assumed we have a date with each other. I love how Joey puts in the, I think that's either, it's got to be either soy sauce or worcestershire sauce. I'm sure I'm saying that wrong. And he's like, yeah, I'm just cooking up a storm. You know, he's ruining that takeout now by just adding random ingredients. Well, it did taste like Uncle Wu's, but now it just tastes like something uh, was just thrown in there randomly. (laughs) Jill asks if uh, Jesse is home yet, and then Joey asks, Jill, are you dating Jesse again? Because I guess maybe they kind of went their separate ways, and it's like, oh, wow, this is news to me. Jesse never told me anything about uh, you guys getting back together. She says, well, we never really stopped dating. Yeah, that's interesting. It's kind of like a, I guess, friends with Benefits, which is it's weird, cause there were two movies that came out around the same time with different actors, different titles, but it was basically hands down the same movie. The uh, Friends with Benefits with Justin Timberlake and Mila. and then you had no strings attached with ashton kutcher and natalie portman i i swear they came out the same year yes they both were released the same year no strings attached came out in january of 2011 and friends with benefits came out in july of 2011 so roughly six to seven months apart it's like wait a minute didn't i see this with different people in it and joey's just like oh he is floored like wow even when Jesse doesn't have a date, he has a date. That is incredible. Oh, so he's like, gosh, I wish I was that lucky. I had, you know, someone on standby to call and hang out. And it takes the pressure off of, you know, dating other people. Like, oh, hey, you're not busy. I'm not busy. Let's go g- get right something some date somewhere. Go see a movie or whatever. I <laughs> like how Joe's like, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> and Joe's like, oh, go on. Get out of here. Just go up to his room, I guess. Michelle's like, who's this lady? I'm only nine months old. <laughs> and Jill does kinda look how Jesse, you know, the kind of girls that Jesse would look for. You know, kinda reminds me a little of Roxana without the um you know leather corset. It's more of a her hair is got like a upward ponytail thing. It's really, you know, brown and, you know, bushy hair, just you know, eighties. Kind of punk rockish a little bit. She's got a lot of uh, bracelets on her arm. So Jesse comes in the door from a day of doing exterminating work. Of course, Robin's there. Danny's there. Like, hey, Jesse, I want to introduce you to... Because he doesn't know that Robin and Jesse dated. Robin is actually looking at DJs. I'm guessing she's looking at her nails. Like, maybe... She's like, oh, hey, do you think you could do my nails or something? Since you're here and I don't trust any, my dad or the guys to do that. And again, Robin has no idea that Jesse lives here. She is <laughs> extremely shocked to see him. Because Danny gets up like, oh, Robin, I'd like to introduce you to my brother in law, Jesse. So we do get a little backstory that Robin was a news writer at Je- uh, Danny's first. News station. Okay, so the news station that he's at right now, that was not his first gig. Okay, okay. See, I like this. I like we're learning a little backstory. As Danny's explaining, like, she was, and Jesse walks, ignores Danny, walks right over to Robin. So Jesse and Robin are shaking hands for a very long time, and they're both like, hi, hi. And Danny's like, he still does not know that they met. He's like, okay, any minute now we're gonna get to nice to meet you. But Jesse's like, oh, we're going out tomorrow night, right? And she's like, yep, yep, yeah. He's like, hey, going out tomorrow, right? And she's like, oh, absolutely. And DJ says to Stephanie, boy, does he work fast. And Jesse clarifies, we met at the station earlier, okay? Calm down. <laughs> I'm good, but I ain't that good. <laughs> So, Danny, of course, like, oh, Jesse, I hope you don't mind. Uh, I invited Robin to stay this weekend, and I also pretty much gave her your room. And I'm like, I don't like that. I don't like that at all. I mean, even though they're going out on a date, I don't like that he just up and offered Jesse's room. I, I mean, he's, it's not like he's paying rent to live there or anything, but even still, I'll be like, come on. She could have the couch. She could have Joey's cot. I mean, I'm sure she. Danny, why don't you offer your bed to Robin and you can take the couch? It, it, it just. It makes sense. Honestly, I think he should have done, like, you can take my bed, I'll take the couch. Because Danny's got a bigger bed, you know, he once shared that with Pam. I don't see why, you know, he couldn't offer his bed and take the couch. That's what a real guest would do. A real guest, a real host would not just offer up somebody else's bedroom without discussing it with them first. But Jesse looks over his shoulder at Danny, says, oh, bless you. And I'm thinking, no, 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 guess who you're rooming with? And Jesse already knows. Like, please, please don't, don't say it. Don't say the J word. And of course, here comes Joey rolling in, <laughs> like he's uh, down on the farm with the little triangle, metal triangle, like ding, 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 ding. Come on, get your dinner. Dinner's in. Soup's on. dinner, Chinese foods on. Come on in in the kitchen. Get, 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 get yourself a plate. And of course, Joey's like, hey, Ruby, how you doing? (laughs) I'm excited. Oh, wait, wait a second. So he's not in the alcove anymore. That's right. Because this is episode. Oh, wait a minute. Wait a second. Hold on here. Let me grab the other. Let's see. Okay. Looking, looking, looking. Oh, Okay, so episode 10 was Joey's place they did. Okay, great. He's got his place down there. Looks really good. I really, honestly, I love they did what they could with the amount of time that they had while Joey was on the road. If I didn't have an apartment, if I had to take a room, if someone built a room like that for me, I would be like, this is the greatest thing in the world. This is the greatest thing ever. I love it. So, yes, if that was episode 10, and we are now on episode 14, that was four episodes ago. So, Joey's got all the space in the world. Or, honestly, he could, like, hey, Joey, do you mind giving up your basement apartment for a couple nights and sleep on the couch? So, Robin, can have your... I I don't know. I just... Again, I just feel like Danny should have gave up his bed. He's the host. It's his house. You don't give up someone else's room without... Talking to them first. It just makes me think of National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation where they invite their parents over and then the parents end up taking the kids' rooms where then the daughter has to share a bed with her younger brother, which is just like, seriously? And even the daughter, Audrey's like, mom, don't you think it's a little, could you not have asked them to stay in a hotel maybe? Hey, he doesn't have a metal triangle. He's got a wooden. Joey comes in with a wooden spoon. He's still got two watches on his arm, like in the uh, episode Jesse's Girl. <laughs> I I honestly feel like this is John Stable's breaking character a little bit because Joey's doing this whole uh, cook down on the farm type of <laughs> impression. And <laughs> Jesse's got such a. Smile on his face, like, yeah, it definitely, honestly looks like John Stamilson's breaking character for a bit here. So, Jill comes down. I guess she's been hanging in Jesse room the whole time. He's like, oh, hey, Jesse. And Jesse, who's not facing the stairs, says, oh, hi, Jill. Jill, oh, hi. <laughs> what are you doing here? See, so you know he's got Robin on the brain right now, 100%. And of course <laughs> Joe puts her hands on her hips and he's not really that mad. Say, Oh you didn't forget about our date tonight, did you? you? Say, oh no, no I didn't, no. And Jesse figures, like, we're gonna go right now, let's go grab something to eat. And am Je- Joey feels insulted, like, I just made this dinner. Why are you going out to eat? You could have my dinner. Did it feel hurt if you don't have any? I work so hard on it, wink wink slaved up uh, the stove all day, wink, wink. Yeah, he's like, don't go. I spent hours cooking a delicious meal. No, you didn't. Yeah, I think Joey's going to be in the running for worst outfit of the episode. What in the world is he wearing? It's like, I think I see faces on, like, it's like some... Red and blue and turquoise mishmash, like someone just threw paint on his shirt. But I'm seeing characters. I these could vary. I I see like four ladies on his shirt with no faces. Oh, Jill's down to stay. Should, oh yum! I love tannies. You know what? I love it too. And I I'm getting hungry. I honestly am getting hungry. It's like going on 10 a.m. right now. Jill, uh. Jesse starts going after Joe. Joey starts walking backwards. He's like, I better check on my egg rolls. And Jesse says, you better protect your egg rolls. I'm going to get you.
3: Hi, Joey. Hi, Jill. Yeah, I am just cooking up a storm here. Is Jesse home yet? Jill, are you dating Jesse again?
4: Yeah, well, we never really stopped. See, if we don't have a date with anybody else, we sort of have a date with each other.
3: Unbelievable. Even when he doesn't have a date, he has a date. <laughs> oh, yeah, I got here. Hello, everybody. Jesse. Robin, I'd like to meet my brother-in-law, Jesse. Jesse, this is Robin. She was a news writer at my first station. Hello. Hi. Hi.
0: <laughs>
3: Any day now will get to nice to meet you. Going out tomorrow, right?
0: Absolutely. Boy, is he work
1: fast!
3: Mad at the station. Oh, Jesse, I hope you don't mind, but I, I invited Robin to stay here this weekend, and I thought she could stay in your room. <laughs> God bless you.
4: Of
3: course, that means you'll be moving in with. Oh, no, no, no,
4: don't say it. Please don't say the J word.
3: Ding, 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 come on! Suits all. Hey, funny of for everybody. Hi Jesse.
4: Hi Jill. Hi Jill. Hi Jill. Oh, you didn't forget about our date tonight,
3: did you? Uh, no, no, of course not. We're going right now. Let's go. Let's go get something to eat, shall we? Wait, don't go. On. I spent hours cooking a delicious Chinese meal.
0: Yeah. I love Chinese.
3: I better check on my egg rolls. You better protect your egg rolls. <laughs>
2: So, yeah, Jesse and Joey come into the kitchen, and Joey is <laughs> running for his life <laughs> as he goes into the kitchen with Jesse running behind him. And immediately, of course, Rob and Jill, Danny, and the girls are already there. And, <laughs> and we just, we get this close-up of Stephanie and DJ just like, oh, yeah. This is going to be interesting. Uncle Jesse with two ladies. Uh-huh. Yeah. So, what's supposed to be supposedly egg rolls looks like pizza rolls in a little um, glass container on the, the kitchen table. Yes, I love how they conveniently left an open seat for Jesse between Robin and Jill. Ugh. Everyone's looking at Jessie expectantly like, hey, are you going to sit down? Then we can all eat. Everyone is like, this is going to be great dinner entertainment. Watching Jessie <laughs> squirm in his seat between these two ladies. Rumi says, have a seat, roomie. <laughs> I, love, I love Robin with an arched eyebrow. She's just like, uh-huh, this guy is exactly what I thought. He's a womanizer. Because we got Jill here who she and Robin haven't said anything to each other because, you know, they both know. Well, Robin is just there for a job interview, you know? And, I mean, yes, she did agree to a date with Jesse, Which, I mean, honestly, if that were me, if I were, you know, not attached, single, be going for the whole look at me with this baby bit type of thing that Jesse was pulling, I would be immediately turned off and pretty much like you're using a baby to pick a woman really. And that is going to be brought up at this, in this dinner conversation. This ruse Jesse had with Michelle, done. We'll never be able to use it again. So Jesse introduces Robin to Jill and Jill to Robin. Robin, this is my friend Jill. Jill, this is my good friend Robin. It's like you just met just today. How else is he going to introduce them? There are egg rolls. There's like a serving plate of the glass plate of them. So if those are egg rolls, then what are the other things? Crispy wontons? There's a lot of glassware on this table. (laughs) We should have a count of how many times Jesse says friends because this is something else. He's like, Oh, friends having dinner a friendly dinner. I applaud Robin. She's like, Yeah, Jill and I and I have already met, but you know, it's nice to meet you again, Jill. As they shake hands. Jill has so many bracelets on her arm. Like six inches. A sub-sandwich of size of bracelets going up her arm. And Robin brings up the fact, like, oh yeah, by the way, Jill was saying you two have a date tonight, is that right? It looks like they're eating romaine noodles, but to each their own. I mean, the food does look good. But <laughs> Jesse just wants to get away from this whole dating conversation. So he's like, oh, you know, let's look and see what Joey cooked up first. Oh, my gosh, this food, it looks amazing. And everyone's like, yeah, Joey, you did an amazing job. Wink, wink. <laughs> no one's buying that Joey made that food from scratch. No way. I'm like, wow, normally when someone's cooking something in the kitchen, you're going to get wafts of it in the air. You're not getting Any of that, it's it's just, it's basically like fast food. Especially if he says he's been cooking for hours. He literally just got that half an hour ago. Joey says, oh, well, thank you. I guess that's the last we'll hear about Joey being a bad cook. Flounder tarts. Flounder tarts. Two words. Flounder tarts. Granted, it's seven seasons down the road, but... Flounder tarts, Joey. Need I say more? Yeah. But then again, it makes me think of, there's an episode, and I know I have not covered it yet, but I will. The episode where Becky and Michelle make a giant meatloaf. It's humongous, but the family likes it until Michelle claims she has an upset stomach and then... Joey and Danny are like, oh, yeah, I'm kind of feeling something, too, indigestion, like, yeah. <laughs> right, this, and that was right after they complimented her meatloaf. Oh, my goodness, if there were a meatloaf, if there were an award for meatloafs, you would get the blue ribbon. Danny is like, you know, it, it, it tastes a little like the, the little mane at Uncle Wu's Chinese palace. I can't see that being a coincidence. And if they've had it before, they would be right on the ball with, no, 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 wait a minute, no. You got this from Uncle Wu's, Joey. You did not cook this. And if he had been cooking for hours, like he said, that kitchen would be permeated with the smell of Chinese food. It would. I mean, how often when I cook bacon, the smell is permeated in the small apartment? You can smell it for hours after. Not that I don't love the smell of bacon afterwards, but it just... Yeah, it just... mm. Even a good smell that lingers too long could be kind of a pain. Oh, Stephanie coming in for the win here. Oh, but it smells... It tastes much better. It's much better than Uncle Wu's. Uncle Wu's is... Just yesterday's news compared to Joey's fabulous Chinese dinner. Thank you, Joey. Wink, wink, nudge, nudge. Ah. Joey says, thank you, Stephanie. Any winks? I gotta say, I don't think I could be able to wink. Some people, it just comes naturally, but I don't think... Some people can wink without an issue, but others, it's like, you gotta work at it. But no... And the thing is, Stephanie does a better job winking than Joey does. Jill has got her hand all over Jesse's back like she's claiming him as her, like, this is my man, we've been on many dates, Robin, don't you get any ideas, because she's like, cuddle, she's like cuddled right up to because she's sitting right next to him she's got her hand kind of right around the back of his neck just like oh sweetie what movie should we see tonight and jesse's like oh that's right and he's like you know we'll uh we'll decide when we get there i'm like this is 1987-88 there's no deciding when you get there. What are you just going to pop in the theater? And like, oh, let's look at the schedule. What time is it? Hmm, what movies are just about to, oh, you know, we'll go see Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. Although that movie didn't come out until 89, so no. <laughs> but it, it's just, it's funny how, you know, back in the day, we, if we want to see a movie, you either called the hotline. The movie hotline <laughs> or the theater or like anyone else you went through the movie the section in the the newspaper and you just looked up the time that's how i found out what movies were playing like let's see what and it had the list of the theaters in the area and you're just like hmm most of the movies i saw growing up were a lot of the times with my grandma at the dollar 99 movie theater where movies A lot of it, some of the time, had already just, just come out on VHS. It's like four to six months later down the road. Movies finally coming out on VHS. But not always every single movie. Usually for other ones, it would take longer. Disney movies took a year to come out on VHS from the theater. Yeah. Jesse's trying to get... The subject of him being with these two ladies and his dating life. Like, okay, we gotta, let's, DJ, how was school today? And she's like, fine. Oh, oh great. Uh, staff, how was school? Great. It was good. Yeah, yeah. It's like, you know, normally they, they, they don't shut up. They're chatterboxes. I don't know. What's what? <laughs> so Robin, of course, wants to know how Jesse and Jill met, and coincidentally, hmm, what a lot of similarities in that story compared to how Robin met Jesse. And they all come back to Michelle. That's the one thing they got in common. You know that other any other day of the week, they would be like, oh my gosh, I did this. Well, it seems like Stephanie would have a lot more to say about it because she's in elementary school, DJ's in upper elementary, so it sounds like Stephanie would have more of a bigger day with a lot of different things going on, whereas DJ's almost a teenager, a few years away from being a teenager, so she's going to only give sorted details like yeah we have class and we went to lunch and then we have more class <laughs> so he looks at Joey and Joey just smiles like <laughs> I'm gonna take him the bait Jesse turns to Danny and is like oh Daniel you have an exciting career how was your day at work and <laughs> Danny just all like grins. Cheshire cat grinning like it's fine <laughs> basically <laughs> The attention is on Jesse. It's going to stay on Jesse. No one's going to take the bait to move the conversation in a different direction. So Jill starts in with how she and Jesse met. She's like, oh my gosh, this food is yum. You know, Jesse and I, we met in a Chinese restaurant. And Jesse's like, (laughs) an alarm bell's going off in his head. Uh, You know, I I don't think they want to hear about that, Jill. And of course TJ's like, oh I'd love to (laughs) And Jessie says, Oh now she speaks. Uh Uh-huh. Second ago I couldn't get you to say anything, and now she's like, Oh, I'd love to! (laughs) So yeah, this story gets pretty familiar to Robin, and she's really paying attention to it. Because Jill says, Oh, Jesse came in with baby Michelle to pick up a Chinese takeout order, and then Jill starts saying about how there's something about a man with a baby that's just so irresistible. He's like, it's so sexy and, and so hard to resist. I'm like, I could resist as a single, even as a, if, if I were single, that would, I would not have, I would not be interested. For one, you know, I, I don't have plans to have kids. So, I mean, <laughs> that would be like, eh, am good. Robin is like, oh, it's getting easier now. Uh-huh. And Danny is is irritated and surprised. He's like, you use my baby, Jesse, to meet women? I, I you are not taking Michelle out of this house ever again. But Joey's like, oh my gosh, this could be my shot. Michelle, tomorrow you're coming with me to the market. No, Joey, she's not. She's gonna go back to with Danny. She's gonna go back to the station. And Joe mentions about how Jesse got her to finally give in and kiss the baby. Like once I kissed the baby, I was hooked. I'd be like, hey, oh, hey. fire, Danny. Excuse me. Wait, what? What now? You you kissed my my baby? Where? On the stomach? I don't, mm Jesse, you are not taking Michelle out of this house ever again. In fact, I don't think I can trust you with my daughter ever again. That, that would be me. That 100% would be me. I would not like that. You're going around using my baby to pick up women and having them blow raspberries on her tummy. That is disgusting. Especially because it's women he just met. Yeah, Robin's like, oh, did you uh, blow on her tummy, too? Jill says, yeah, the first time I met her. What? I asked, How did you know? And Robin says, oh, just a lucky guess. <laughs> Some crazy hunch, she, sh- she says. And Jesse is just, <laughs> Yeah, your gig is up, man. And DJ asks. Jesse like, Uncle Jesse, is the food too spicy for you? And Jesse says, no, why? And DJ says, because you're sweating bullets.
3: Have a seat, roomie.
4: <laughs> so, Rob, this is my friend Jill. Jill, this is my other friend Robin. Yes, friends meeting friends, having a nice, friendly dinner of a uh, friendship, if you will.
3: Jill and I have already met, but it's nice to meet you again.
1: In fact, Jill was telling me that you two have a date tonight. Yeah, can you believe he got off
0: this cheap? But he's so cute. How could you not love him?
1: <laughs>
0: so, let's
4: see what Joseph's cooked up for us tonight. Shall we all look What's, at this uh, no Joe, mm-hmm. no mm-hmm. this
3: Thank you. I guess that's the last we'll hear about Joey being a bad cook. You know, it tastes a little like the lomain at Uncle Wu's Chinese palace. Mm-hmm.
0: It does. Except it's much better.
3: Thank you, Stephanie.
0: So,
4: sweetie, what movie should we see tonight? Uh we'll decide on the way. So, DJ, how was your day at school? Fine. Uh, uh, Steph, how, how was your day at school today? Fine. <laughs> oh, you can't shut him up. Daniel, you, uh, have an exciting career. How was your day at work today? Fine. Mmm. <laughs> <laughs> this food is young.
0: You know, Jesse and I met in a Chinese restaurant.
4: Uh, I don't think they want to hear about that, Jill.
0: Oh, I'd love to.
4: Now she talks.
0: Well, Jesse came in to pick up a takeout order with baby Michelle. There's something about a man with the baby
4: that's so sexy and so. Hard to resist. Oh. It's becoming easier.
3: You use my baby to meet women. <laughs> Michelle, tomorrow you're coming with me to the market.
4: Once Jesse got me to kiss the baby. I was hooked. Really? Did you blow on her tummy, too? Yeah, the first time I
0: met her. How did you know? Just some crazy
1: hunch. <laughs> Uncle
0: Jesse, is the food too spicy for you? No, why? Because you're sweating bullets. <laughs>
2: All right, so. We're in Jessie's room with Robin and Danny, and she is reading from uh, a copy a news report. And that way, Danny can just kind of give her corrections on her eye contact, because basically she's just reading it. She's not. I mean, granted, yes, it seems like the newscasters will most likely read from teleprompters. Whether they do that anymore, I don't know. But Danny's just there to kind of guide her through, like, hey, how about instead of this, would you kind of do this a little bit more, or this a little less? While they're doing that, Jesse comes in, I'd be like, I thought you had a date tonight, what happened to that? Because he just comes, I mean, the door's open, and he's like, oh, hello, I'm thinking, they're working right now. Yeah, Jesse's like, oh hello, I hope I'm not interrupting anything. And Danny's like, oh no, not at all. Rob and I were just working on her audition. So Jesse's like, Oh, that's great, but um, can I talk to Robin for a few minutes privately? And I'd be like, Yeah, I'd be like Jesse, there's nothing to talk about, okay? That's that's cool that you got a date with Robin. It's just I'm not interested in going out with you. But he keeps pushing her and pushing her, and it's just like I don't like that. She wants to break the date with you; she can. You can't force her to go out with you, Jesse. Just he's so pushy. So when uh Jesse asks Danny to speak with Robin privately, Danny's like, "Okay, I guess that's my an IQ." And Robin like, because both Robin and Danny are sitting on Jesse's bed, and. Robin puts a hand on Danny's shoulder, like, no, Danny, don't go. (laughs) Yeah, Robin, and says, Jesse, look, if this is about Jill, there's nothing to explain. And why in the heck, why would Robin care if there's nothing between you and Jill? Because she's not, Robin's not dating you, Jesse. Why would she care? And even Robin says, Jesse, we just met. There's no reason in the world why you should feel bad about having a date tonight. And Jesse says, okay, well, that's great. I get, we're still going out tomorrow night, right? And Robin says, well, I've been thinking about this, and I, it's probably not a good idea. And Robin's allowed to change her mind. If she doesn't want to go out with Jessie, she doesn't have to. Yeah, that's the thing. Yes, just like... It's interesting how... You know, Robin says I should be focusing on my career, and then in season two we get Becky, who is also very career-focused, and that's why they stretch out the courtship of Jesse and Becky, because she is career-focused. She came from Nebraska to San Francisco for an amazing job opportunity, and the idea of getting romantically involved with someone and then not being able to put your full focus into... The whole reason why you moved across the states to come to an amazing job, it just, yeah, let someone be able to do what they want to do job-wise and not have to muddle it up with a romance. There is no reason why she can't be career-focused. Yes, Jesse, she is. She is breaking your date. Danny heard it. Robin heard it. The kids across the hall heard it. Everyone heard it. Joey in his basement apartment heard it. <laughs> Poor Danny just wants to get out of the room. He's like, did I just hear Michelle? He, he goes to get up, and Robin, again, pushes him back down onto the bed. Says, like, Danny, don't go. I need you here. Don't leave me alone. Danny, Jesse, she's breaking the date. Deal with it. So, Julie's... You know, she's being honest with Jesse. like, look, seeing you and Jill together made me realize something. I've been out with you before. And Jesse's like, not in this life. And she says, no, what I mean is I've been out with your type before. Yeah, she sees Jesse as a a bad boy. You know, a motorcycle, guitar playing. Well, she hasn't seen him play the guitar, but it's just that is not the type of person she wants to go out with. And because she's had, you know, a history with people like that. The bad boy, where it always leads into trouble. And she's trying to be a mature woman and focus on her career. She doesn't need any distractions. Jesse makes a joke about, oh, yeah, in a past life, you and I doubled with Shirley MacLaine and King Tut. Uh, and Robin says, oh, that's, okay, that was cute. And Jesse tells her, see, I I'm, I'm adorable. I'm adorable on a date. Danny Teller. And Danny says, yeah, he's a fox, pretty much. (laughs) Yeah, she says, I've always been out with, you know, I went out with people that are similar to you, that are like your type, and it always gets me into trouble. And Jesse, of course, takes offense to that. He says, oh, I'm a type, really? Okay, yeah, type away. Danny, she's going to tell me what kind of person I am. I'd be like, Jesse, you are an open book is what you are. (laughs) Danny <laughs> just, you know, I'm, I'm sure there's someplace else I really have to be right now. And Danny again goes to get up and Jesse says, sit down. Why in the world do do not need him as a go-between? Have you ever been in a room with two other people that are either in a relationship or, or basically just say, they're having a discussion, which turns into a heated argument, and you want to be anywhere else, but they are. But you're literally stuck in the middle. Oh, how about uncomfortable? So she starts saying, "You're the guitar playing, leather wearing, Elvis loving, motorcycle riding, girl chasing, blow drying, baby toting, tough guy type." How's that? Okay, I gotta say, I want to see where she was. This actress was born because it sounds like she's got. A Jersey accent, or a New York accent, or a Brooklyn accent, or something. When she was doing all this, it was coming out, especially when she says the word leather. It definitely sounds like she's got an accent there that she's been trying to hide the whole time. So, it looks like she was born in Brockton, Massachusetts, so maybe even, maybe she's just got that, uh, that type of accent. Uh, could be kind of a Boston... I don't know how far Brockton is from Boston, but uh, that could probably be what I'm hearing, is that that accent. Um, What was I going to say? Yeah, she's only 5'4", so that means she's like 2 inches taller than I am. Which isn't a whole lot. She looks like... To me, she looks like she's like 5'6", 5'8". Anyone taller than me in my mind is going (laughs) to... I'm going to estimate around that. But when I play the clip, listen, listen to her voice when she's telling Jesse his type, especially when she says the word leather and motorcycle. So he's like, oh, yeah, yeah, you got me. And he asks her to sit down again. And Danny is sitting right in the middle between them. And Jesse's saying how you know I'm other types too. You know I'm a, I'm the romantic type. I'm the compassionate type. I'm the type that's attracted to your type. And she's leaning over Danny, looking into Jesse's eyes as she says, "Really?" So I don't know whether she's falling for him or not. But Danny finally is like, "Is anyone aware of the fact that I'm still in the room? Like you guys are about to kiss." literally right in front of me. I don't like this. (laughs) makes it up off the bed to an almost standing position and Robin again pulls him back down. He's like, excuse me, Danny, please, don't you dare leave. Robin does not want to be alone with (laughs) Jesse. I just, I think what intrigues Jesse about Robin is the fact that she is an independent woman that cares about that's focused on her job and the fact that Jesse has to work at getting her interested, whereas Jill is, uh, just, uh, yeah, you want to do that? Yeah. She's, she's pretty easy with the, like, yeah, she's up to whatever. Whereas Jill is just like, Jesse is, Nice as you say you are, I just I don't think that it would be a good idea to go out with you. Regardless of you being the compassionate type and the type that's attracted to my type, I just I don't think it's a good idea. And Robin tells Jesse, Jesse, there's one more thing about your type. She says, I will take bets that you have had a relationship, you have not had a relationship last more than three months. She says, Am I right or am I right? And Jesse says, wrong. And she's like, I'm wrong? He, he's like, yeah. He says, I was madly in love with this girl, um, Karen Edwards. Uh-huh. Really, he had to pull that from the depths of his brain because, uh, the old, the back of the filing cabinet, basically, to come up with that. Like, well, it couldn't have been too serious if you had a struggle to even think of her name. I honestly think you made that up. He says, I was madly in love with Sharon for four beautiful months. Danny's like, hey, yeah, I remember her. Didn't you spend two of those beautiful months in Europe? And Jesse's like, okay, get out, Danny, get out. Like, hey, he ain't wrong. He ain't wrong. You're not being honest. Not with yourself, and you're not being honest with Robin. Which proves her point that Jesse is still, he's just, he's, uh he's a heartbreaker, he's a reckless heartbreaker that just kinda goes through women and it's just that's not what Robin needs. That's probably what she means by, you know, I've been out with guys like you that have broken my heart. Cause they can't be trusted and they're not down for commitment. Maybe that's what Robin wants. She wants commitment, she wants stability. Maybe she wants someone who's career focused as she is. So, Jesse kicks Danny out. Robin says, okay, Jesse, you want the truth? The truth is I'm afraid of getting hurt again. Guys like you and I, we never work out because we're totally different people. Jesse is clinging to this with every threat imaginable. He says, yes, but Robin, that's the exciting part. That's the beauty of this. Like fire and ice, you and me. Uh. I think in a way, once they brought Robin on, and, you know, again, we don't see her after this episode. Jesse kind of goes back to, um. <clears throat> I think, the last episode I do for this Jesse's Lady series, we're going to meet, in the two-parter, Samantha, who is played by Chelsea Noble. But after that, she is the last lady we see Jesse with. Because then comes Becky. I feel with Robin, I think the writers were like, hey, I like this. I like that she's making Jessie work for this. She's not going to, you know, drop and give in that easily. So I think that that is she. Robin was a blueprint for what Becky would become. With the career-focused, no-nonsense woman who knows what she wants. And is willing to make Jesse work for the relationship. That's why they basically dated for the course of over two seasons. And they stretched out that love story. Was because it's like, yeah, yeah, even though at the end of season two, Jesse and Becky just about eloped. After they'd been dating for six months. But I like that. I think, honestly, like I said, I think with Robin... She was the blueprint for Becky. It's like I like what we have here. I like the dynamic. We're not keeping Robin. But let's look into casting a regular love interest for Jesse coming up in the season. In the in, in the next season. And Robin says, You know what you get with fire and ice? And Jesse gets closer to Robin and says, Yeah, steam. She she is almost she's swooned. She's Almost taken in before she snaps back and she says, oh, oh puddle. You get a puddle. I'm sorry, Jesse. I just, this isn't going to work out. Thank you for coming in here and talking to me, but I really need to focus on this. Good night and good luck. Yeah, Jesse, because she's like, good night, Jesse. And Jesse says, I'm not taking no for an answer. I'm like, dude, do not push this. That You're going into a dark territory here. and I don't like that. I don't like the way that Jesse's aggressive like that, that he won't take no for an answer. If she says no, the answer is no. You're not changing her mind. Yeah. She says, I'm not going out with you. Thanks for the room. He's like, oh, you're kicking me out of my own room. And she's like, yes, I am. I am. I'm kicking you out of your room. I'm actually, I'd be like, no, Danny is has already kicked you out of this room. Again, I say Danny should have just given up his bed and slept on the couch. That's what a host does. Like you can how many movies where someone says, like, hey, do you want to have my bed? I'll take the couch, right? I'll, I'll sleep on the floor, whatever you want. And of course, Jesse's out in the hallway and says, and don't touch any of my records. Yeah, he doesn't realize he's not alone in that hallway because Danny, Joey, DJ, and Stephanie are in the hallway. They've been out there listening to this shouting match for the last five plus minutes. And when Jesse realizes he's not alone, it's like, oh, hi, (laughs) we were just, uh, talking. And Joey's like, oh, well, it's none of our business. We were just all passing in the hallway at the exact same time. And DJ asks, Uncle Jesse, you really like her, huh? And Jesse denies it. She's like, no, I don't like, okay, I'll admit. At first, there was a wee bit of an attraction. And then he says, yes, I really like her. He says, this is the worst breakup ever in my whole entire life. And we haven't even went out yet.
1: And turning to local news, substantial rainfall in key northern watersheds has eliminated the- Hello,
4: hello, hello. Hey, Jess, hope I'm not interrupting Uh anything. Oh, not at all. Robin and I were just working on her audition piece. Great, listen, this will just take a few minutes. I need to talk to Robin in private, please. Sounds like my cue.
1: Uh, no, Danny, don't go. (laughs) Jesse, if this is about Jill, there's nothing to explain.
4: Yes, there is. I want you to know that there's nothing between us.
1: Jesse, we just met. There is no reason in the world why you should feel bad about having a date tonight.
4: Great. So we're still going out tomorrow night.
1: Well, you know, I've been thinking about this, and it's probably not a good idea. I should be focusing on my career.
4: Did I hear you say you're breaking our date? Did I just hear Michelle?
1: Danny, don't go. Yes, Jesse, I'm sorry. But I am. I'm breaking our date.
3: No.
4: Yes. No. Yes.
3: Jessie, she's breaking the date. No. Oh. Yes. yes.
1: The truth is, seeing you and Joel together, it made me
4: realize I've been out with you before. Not in this life. Oh, I... In a past life, we doubled with Shirley MacLaine and King Todd, right? Okay, <laughs> okay that was very cute. See, I'm cute, man. I'm... You think I'm cute now? I am adorable on a date. <laughs>
3: Tell me. He's a fox. What
1: I meant is I've been out with... You are a type before, and it always gets me into trouble, Jesse.
4: Oh, I'm a type.
3: I'm sure there's someplace else I have to be. Shut
4: up. (laughs) You don't want to miss this. She's about to tell me about my type. Go ahead. Go ahead. Type away.
2: Okay, so I'm going to play this here and definitely listen for, I think the accent, the Massachusetts accent has come through a smidge already, but it is full on as she tells Jesse what his type is.
1: All right. I'll tell you exactly what your type is. You're the guitar-playing, leather-wearing, Elvis-loving, motorcycle-riding girl, chasing, blow-drying, baby-toting, tough-guy type. How's that?
4: Lucky guess. <laughs> but you got me? Yeah. You got me on that one. All oh, right, sit down. I, see, I'm other types, too. I'm I'm, I'm the romantic type. I'm, uh, I'm the compassionate type. <laughs> I'm the type that's attracted to your type.
1: Really?
3: Is anyone aware of the fact that I'm still in the room?
1: Excuse me. Uh, Danny, don't you dare leave now. Jesse, there's one more thing about your type. I will take best that you have not had a relationship last for more than
4: three months. Am I right or am I right? Wrong. Wrong? Wrong. What? I was madly in love with this girl named Sharon the... the
3: uh, Sharon, uh, Edwards. Edwards. Sharon Edwards. I was madly in love with Sharon Edwards for four beautiful months. I remember her. Didn't she spend two of those beautiful months in Europe? Get out. Get out. Get out. Yes, I can leave now. <laughs> I'm off now to patch up that pesky Iran-Iraq squabble.
1: The truth? I'm afraid of getting hurt again. Guys like you and I... We never work out because we're totally different people.
4: that's yes, but Robin, that, that's the exciting part. That's the beauty of this thing. We're like we're like fire and ice, you and me.
1: Do you know what you get with fire and ice?
4: Yeah. Steam. A puddle. <laughs> Good night, Jesse. No, that's it. I'm not taking no for an answer. I'm not going out with you. Good night, but thank you very much for letting You're me. You're kicking me you. out of my I'm room. i kicking you out of your room. thank you very much. You're welcome very much. Thanks. Thanks. Don't touch any of my records. Hi.
3: We were just, uh, talking. Oh, it's it's none of our business. We were all just passing in the hall at the exact same time.
0: Uncle Jesse, you really like
3: her, huh? No, I don't like her.
4: I'll admit at first there was a wee bit of an attraction. (sighs) Yes, I really like her. This is the worst breakup ever in my whole entire life. But I haven't even been out with her yet.
2: So it's the next morning, and Jesse is cooking, I'm guessing that's French toast. And he's saying, I'm over Robin, I feel bad, look, hey, it's her loss. Is it really? (laughs) And Joey, of course, being he was, you know, rooming with Jesse at this point, time while Robin's there says oh you can't fool your roomie you were up all night singing heartbreak hotel and Danny's got good advice this is Jesse you always rush into everything just slow down and let her get to know you let her be her friend first and honestly there's nothing wrong with that and Jesse says friends are what you're forced to become after you break up well Jesse it's either be her friend or you're not anything She's made it clear what she wants and it's not a relationship. And not with you. Yeah, Jesse again says, I'm fine. And Joey says, Yeah, then why do you just serve me the leaning tower of French toast? Jesse says, Well, you look thin. Danny's holding an empty plate and says, Okay, so I guess I'm King Kong Bundy then? Who I guess is a wrestler? (laughs)
4: Look, I'm all
3: right. It's over. We're lost. I'm moving on. You can't fool your roomie. <laughs> Joseph, why don't you believe me? Because you are up almost the whole night singing Heartbreak Hotel in your sleep. Jesse, you always rush into everything. Why don't you just slow down? Let her get to know you. Be your friend first. <laughs> Friends are what you're forced to become after you break up. But guys, it doesn't matter, okay? I'm fine. Oh, Yeah. Is that why you just served me the leaning tower of French toast? <laughs> you look thin. Oh, and I suppose I'm King Kong Bundy?
2: So now we head upstairs to the girls' room. They're helping Robin get ready. Robin's putting on makeup. DJ's asking, can I help with your nails? These girls are starved for some womanly, motherly attention. And they're just, especially DJ, just... Can I help you with your nails? Robin hesitates at first, but she's like, "Sure, DJ. Just try to stay above the cuticles." <laughs> and Stephanie is again, yeah, she is like, "Is there any other parts on your body that I can help with?" Like, because I think she ends up brushing Robin's hair. Stephanie is just like, "All right, much better than nails," as she <laughs> raises her eyebrows at uh, DJ. You know, I noticed for the first time that in this scene, Candace Cameron is wearing braces. Or it could be a retainer, but it looks like braces. And I've never noticed this in other season one episodes that I've seen before. I know in season eight, in the Christmas episode, Arrest All Ye Gentlemen, or however, that DJ says... Michelle had made her a Rice Krispie retainer container, so. Unless that's keeping in continuity. DJ is so sure Robin's going to get this job. So like, when you get this job, you can move here and you can visit us all the time. They really honestly want a motherly figure there. And the girls, it's going to be okay because Rebecca Donaldson is going to be joining the cast next season and you will have that motherly figure and they also want her to date uncle jesse Mm, i don't think that's gonna work out and robin says you know i would love to see more of you girls but i i honestly wouldn't hold my breath at me dating your uncle jesse and dj brings up david and maddie on moonlighting saying how they didn't like each other at first but you know eventually they got together I've honestly only seen an episode here or there because Jeremy's got the series on DVD. I don't know. Did the characters get married down the road? I have no clue. So they start singing Uncle Jesse's praises. Stephanie says, Uncle Jesse's a great catch. DJ says he can sing. He gives fun piggyback rides, according to Stephanie. DJ says he has an awesome head of hair. I'm like, when he loses the mullet, he surely does. But... I just, I cannot, I can, I know, it just, even at this point, Stephanie also adds that Uncle Jesse teaches you how to ride a two-wheeler without training wheels. As long as you don't ride in the street. Well, you wouldn't be. <laughs> you would be probably riding on the sidewalk or an empty parking lot or most likely the backyard. Again, it goes back to when Joey was teaching Michelle how to ride a two-wheeler. In season five's Easy Rider, he could have just as easily, again, taught her in the backyard before he took her out to the park and the sidewalks. She wouldn't have fallen in a bush. Robin looks at both and Stephanie and says, you two are so sweet. I hope one day I have nieces just like you. And <laughs> Stephanie, she, she wants a, a motherly figure, so she... So bad. She says, marry Uncle Jesse and you will. And Robin's like, "Uh uh-huh. No. Jesse comes in because he's taking the girls to school in his quote-unquote bug mobile. I'm sure it's got a giant ant on the top of it. Just so people know when it drives by, that's an exterminator vehicle. He's an exterminator. And Jesse sees Robin like, oh, hello Robin. And Robin gets up and she starts walking towards the door. Like, she can't even be in the same room as Jessie right now. DJ Cole shotgun, of course, because she's the oldest. And Stephanie says, no fear, I gotta get my milk money. Well, Pumpkin, you should have had that out and ready to go in your backpack the night before. But she's a kid. Kids don't think like that. If they do, that's awesome. Why does Stephanie have an abacus on her bedside table? That is... I mean, it's cool. Is that a dresser? It might be a dresser because it looks like there's clothes in there. She grabs the coins that she needs, and when she goes to shut it, she her finger is in the drawer, and she basically shuts her finger in the drawer, and that's gotta hurt. Have you ever shut your finger in a drawer in a in a door, in your car door, it hurts. You slam your finger in anything, it is gonna hurt. He immediately reacts, like, ow, 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 ow. And Jesse runs over to her, grabs her, puts her on the little table where the girls do their. He, he reacts instantly, like, oh, sweetie, what happened? What happened? So, Jesse takes on the role of, quote-unquote, finger doctor. Doctor, He says, I went to finger college. So, he distracts her from the the pain that she's feeling by having her describe the color of the pain. Like, with her eyes closed. Like, what colors are you seeing right now? I mean, honestly, if that were me and I had done that, out there I'd be kicking the drawers of that dresser. Because I mean I was telling Jeremy that the other night. It's like it seems to me whether it could be you know as a kid or as an 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 adult. One of the things when you hurt yourself, at least in my case anyway, how I react aside from the pain is I get I get angry. I get irritated. <laughs> but maybe that's just me. I don't know if other people are like that when they like pinch their finger and they're just Aah! Or maybe, I mean, if it's worse than that, then obviously your reaction is going to be crying. He wants, yeah, he wants her to describe what color the pain is. And Robin is standing in the doorway just kind of watching this. You know, from this angle, for those of you <laughs> who are familiar with the show One Tree Hill that have watched it at least through season five, two words, Nanny Carrie. And if you know who I'm talking about, she Kind of, in this second here, makes me think of the actress. I think her name might be Tori DeVito. And it just just makes me think of her in this moment. Just her standing in the doorway watching Jesse. Okay, when he's telling her to put her finger on her nose to describe the color of the pain, we hear someone, I'm guessing it could be in the audience, someone who's just offset, like they're coughing. At first I thought it was like... Someone offset like moving something and it made a noise, but no, that's a distinctive someone's (laughs) but it's quiet enough that it's not loud. Oh, she says the color is green. He's like, Oh, are there polka dots? And she's like, Yeah, there are polka dots. And Jesse asks, Well, how about stripes? And she says, Nope, no stripes. And he's like, That's good because stripes are bad. He's making this up as he goes along, but the bottom. The point of this is, he's making her forget about the pain in her finger. And usually when it comes to something like that, a quick little pinch in a drawer, I mean, usually the pain, as long as you didn't just, like, slam it, it should be over shortly. It's not something that requires stitches. It's not something that requires a trip to the emergency room. It's usually just a little pinch, and, you know, it eventually goes away on its own says stripes are dangerous. So Jesse says nine out of ten doctors will agree we can resolve the pain by opening your eyes and she opens her eyes and taking your finger off your nose. So Stephanie does that and she's like hey the pain's gone. It's like yeah yeah she she thanks Uncle Jesse like the pain is gone and she is so amazed like oh, it's gone And he's like, okay, no charge. We'll just put it on your father's medical bill (laughs) or medical insurance. And Stephanie says, you're wasting your time killing bugs. Like, you know that, right? And he gives her a piggyback ride out of the room. As they pass by Robin, Stephanie says, good luck today. And she's pointing to Jesse saying, what a guy, huh? Oh, seeing this actually does make Robin kind of reconsider her thoughts on Jesse. Just seeing him interacting with Stephanie.
0: You're getting so pretty. Can I help you with your nails? Sure, DJ. Just try to stay above the cuticles, okay? Are there any other parts on your body that I can help with? Would you like to brush my hair? All right. Much better than nails. when you get the job and move here you can come visit us all the time and date Uncle Jesse well I would love to see the two of you but you know I wouldn't count on me dating your Uncle Jesse you know David and Maddie on Moonlighting didn't like each other at first either (laughs) Uncle Jesse's a great catch he can sing and he gets fun piggyback rides. He's got an awesome head of hair. And they teach you to ride a two-wheeler without training wheels. As long as you don't ride in the street. Oh. You know, you two are so sweet. I only hope someday that I have nieces just like you. Marry Uncle Jesse and you will. Morning, girls. Good morning, name
4: Hi, Robin. Good morning, Jesse. Come on, girls. I'll give you a ride to school in my bug mobile.
0: Shotgun. No, fair. I gotta get my milk money.
4: Okay, hurry up, kid. I'll wait for you.
0: Ow, 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 ow. What, what,
4: ow, ow, what, 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 what Oh, you're in luck. Just so happens that I went to finger college, okay? Now, in order to treat your finger, I gotta know what color the pain is. What you have to do is close your eyes, put your finger on your nose. That way we can tell what color the pain is. Come on, do it. I'm the finger doctor. Okay, very good. Now, what color is the pain?
0: It's kinda green.
4: It's kinda green. Any other colors? How about polka dots?
0: Yeah, there's polka dots.
4: Blue ones. Blue ones. (laughs) Any stripes?
0: No stripes.
4: Oh, good. That's good because stripes are dangerous. All right, this is easy to diagnose. Nine out of 10 doctors will agree that we can solve the pain by opening your eyes and taking your finger off your nose.
0: It's good. Thanks, Uncle Jesse.
4: All right, no charge. We'll put it on your father's medical insurance.
0: You're <laughs> wasting your time-killing bugs. <laughs> Come back, Here we go, here we
2: go, here we go, here we go, up! Ah. Good luck today! What a guy, huh? <laughs> so now we go to the news station, and Danny is again watching Michelle, because I guess no one else can watch her. Because Danny's holding her while... <laughs> He's delivering the news at four o'clock. And then he also says, Thank you for calling in with your request to have Michelle be a regular at the four o'clock news. And then he also goes on to say how Michelle <laughs> picked the Warriors to win by five. And he's like, Son of son of a gun, if they didn't win uh one oh six to it was one oh six to one oh one the Golden State Warriors. How about that? So Danny says Michelle is retiring from her career to go back to eating, sleeping, burping, talking, and learning to walk. Again, we cut over to the other newscasters, and they're just like, oh, my gosh, the show, what has it turned into? Yeah, it's turned into Baby Talk. (laughs) The TV show that, I guess, Got canceled after a season and then came back. It was a spin-off. It was based on the Look Who's Talking movie with uh, John Travolta and Kirstie Alley. I honestly want a sequel with Kirstie Alley, John Travolta, uh, David Gallagher, uh, Tabitha, I can't remember her last name, the girl who played Julie, David Gallagher, of course you know from Seventh Heaven, played Mikey, this came out in 90, 90- oh my gosh, next year, that movie is gonna be 30 years old. I can't believe it, but I want a sequel. I want Molly and James to be grandparents, and Mikey and Julie have their own kids, and it's like this, this. The circle of life it starts over again. It's just a, a new cycle. Somebody green light that movie. Come on. I bet anything Kirstie Alley and John Travolta want to reprise her roles is Molly and James Ubriaco. Come on. Oh, saying, This is Danny and Michelle Tanner saying bye bye, and he's taking Michelle's hand and waving it. And then, of course, the other um, sports announcer next to Danny says, until 6, see you again. So he's on at 4, 6, and 8, I believe. Okay. Apparently a lot happens in uh, two-hour time spans of sports. Oh, Jesse's there to pick Michelle up. Uh, so Je- Danny's hit her the whole time? Oh, my God. The- Gosh, they need a daycare. That station needs a daycare. They need to have a daycare in that station. Somebody needs to do that. Well, I mean, I'm sure other people have other arrangements with their kids. Maybe their kids are school age and, you know, nursery school, all that stuff. But I don't know. I don't know. That's pretty sad if you have two guys that have moved in with the purpose of raising your kids and neither of them, for whatever reason, are able to watch your baby which they were brought in to do just that. So you have to hire a babysitter to watch your kid, even though you have two people that have moved in to help raise your child. I, I uh, Really uh, def- defeats the purpose of <laughs> having that arrangement.
3: And there were no fights in hockey today. Finally... Michelle would like to thank all of you for your calls, asking her to be a regular on the 4 o'clock sports. (laughs) Yesterday, Michelle picked the Warriors by 5. Son of a gun. Son of a gun if they didn't win, 106 to 101. But I'm afraid Michelle is retiring as odds maker, that's right, to resume her former career of eating, learning to talk, and burping. (laughs) Well, that's sports. This is Danny and Michelle Tanner saying bye-bye. And, bye-bye. So long, San Francisco. Until 6, see you then. We're off the air. Beautiful, beautiful, beautiful. Jesse, thanks for picking up Michelle. No
4: problem. Everybody has a purpose in life. Mine is chauffeuring around little babies. Keep up the good work.
2: So, (laughs) another thing is, clearly the Olsen twins' mom was right on the other side of that camera, like, where the Olsen baby could see her. Because you, if you watch, if you see and you hear her, she is saying, Mama, Mama, and pointing and waving and smiling. I'm like, oh, my goodness. And I think, yeah, it's like you get, you know, you have the mom just standing there and just kind of waving to the the baby, and, you know, she'll be able to do what needs to be done, as long as her mom was is within, you know, range. So now we got Robin who is going through her notes for her field reporter position. She hasn't done it yet, but I guess she's getting a tryout finally from this boss who hopefully will be able to watch her. But she's spending more time looking down at what she's reading than making eye contact with with us, the viewers. Why is Jesse still there with Michelle? You need to go. And not to mention, Robin is getting irritated because Jesse and Michelle are being very distracting. Not to mention, this is the place where she met them both. So, uh, that would just make me uncomfortable. And Robin looks at Jesse like, what is it Jesse? What's wrong? Like, do you need something? And he's like, oh, well, uh, Michelle was just Saying how interesting it was. And Robert's like, Jesse, please. I'm trying to focus. Can we cut it with the Michelle business, please? Yeah, he says, don't. Yeah, she tells him, don't do that Michelle business. If you didn't like it, just be honest with me. It's like he's using Michelle as a go-between. To express his own feelings. Without expressing it through his mouth. He's like, oh, Michelle thinks this. So... Jesse is honest with her. He's like, uh, how do I say this without hurting your feelings? Um, it put me to sleep, which means you're probably putting your audience to sleep as well. She sounds just completely flat, like she's reading from a script, like she's reading from cue cards. There's no emotion. There's no fi- There's nothing. If you want people to pay attention, then you have got to put some emotion in there. Please make yourself sound like human and not a robot. She she's nervous. She, that's not how you'd say it. And Jesse says you you have something special inside of you. He says you gotta let it out. You gotta show some energy. Yes, exactly, energy. She's not showing energy. If you don't have energy, you're putting your audience to sleep. This is important information that you're trying to get out to the world. Make them see. Make them understand. This is a serious issue. And when you sound like you're just reading from a page and not emoting at all, how am I supposed to take you seriously? How am I... You have to make them want to care by what you're reading. If I don't care about this situation, I mean, because the way that you're sounding like you don't care about it, then... I, don't, I mean honestly i don't watch i don't watch a lot of news you know i i really not like i used to and i mean i still keep up to date in some ways and stuff like that but when you're energized and when you just put yourself out there and act like you do care about the news that you're delivering to us the viewers that makes me want to care and she says auditions scare me to death i'm like Sweetie, join the club! You've been on interviews before, right? Honestly, aside from public speaking in front of a classroom or just public speaking in general, that is right up there with interviews. I've never been on an audition, but interviews get me shaking in my boots sometimes. The last two interviews I had were over a year ago, and let me tell you, I enjoyed those interviews, especially the one that lasted like 45 minutes. It was just... It was so great to talk to another person about something that I care about, like, you know, books, because it was for a bookstore. And it wasn't your traditional interview either. It was, it's like she made you you work for it because she wants to pick the right person for this position. And it's the thing, when you show that you're passionate, you're energetic, you're enthusiasm, you're gonna land that position. you don't gotta be over the top. Be yourself, but just show that you you want it. Like there's never gonna be another person better than me, better qualified for this job because I want it bad enough. Yeah, he's like you gotta have fun, you know. You have to have fun. Like the kid. Look how fun this kid is. This kid is fun. He says you can't be afraid to get crazy. He, he Jesse looks fine. I'm like okay, here take Michelle. He looks fine. I'm like okay, no one's there. Let me show you. Okay, let me show you what I'm talking about. Here, hold the baby. It's like, all right, it's got to be something like this. He sits down at a desk with two phones and says, hey, "Hello, San Francisco, how the heck are you?" Says <laughs> Jesse Cochran here for the Channel Ocho News. I'm guessing Channel Eight. Today's top story is wet and wild. Get this: there has been substantial rainfall in key northern watersheds. What does that mean? No more having to beg for water in restaurants. Take longer showers. Wash your car every day. And hey, yank that brick out of the toilet, huh? <laughs> he picks up the and Says San Francisco. The good life is back. Now water coming out our ears. And he follows up with municipal and industrial users in Northern California. Have mercy. Derek, of course, is there getting some coffee and he's just kind of watching this. It's like, what is... Who is he must know Jesse by now. Everyone in that studio knows Jesse. Jesse, he's the baby wrangler. He's like, see, that's it. You gotta laugh. You gotta smile. Yeah, exactly it. She was not in a straight face the whole way through when she was reading that. He says, that's what you have to put in your audition. Someone says we gotta beef up security in here, and I'm guessing that Jesse takes that as his cue to take the baby and zip out of there. Yeah, oh, <laughs> it's uh, someone from up above <laughs> says, Miss wi- Miss Winslow, you're on. Jesse says, she's beautiful, she's in- intelligent, she's charming. Everything that I want in a newswoman. Ladies and gentlemen, may I present Miss Robin Winslow. He's like, give me the kid. <laughs> and Robin says, oh, thank you, young man, uh, whoever he was. I don't know. Uh, yeah, she nails the audition. They're all celebrating. She got the job.
1: Rainfall in key northern watersheds has eliminated the threat of cutbacks in water deliveries next year to municipal and industrial uses in Northern California. Now, what does this? What is it, Jesse? Well, Michelle was
4: just uh saying how interesting it was.
1: Don't do that, Michelle. Business, please. You didn't like it. Be honest.
4: How do I say this without hurting your feelings? It put me to sleep. That's not how you say it. You have something special inside you. You gotta let it out. You gotta, you gotta show some energy.
1: Audition scare me to death.
4: You have to have fun. I mean, you know, That's you have really to have fun yeah. like the kid. You can't be afraid to get crazy. Let me show you. Let me show you. How I'm talking here. Hold the baby. Come here. It's got to be something like this. Hello, San Francisco. How the heck are you? (laughs) Jesse Cochran here for the channel Ocho News. Today's top story is wet and wild. Get this, there has been substantial rainfall in key northern watersheds. What does that mean? No more having to beg for water in restaurants. Take longer showers, wash your car every day, and hey, yank that brick out of the toilet, huh? San Francisco, the good life is back. We got water coming out our ears. Municipal and industrial users in northern California, have mercy. See, that's it. You gotta, you gotta laugh. You gotta smile. That's what you have to put into your audition.
3: We gotta beef up security in here. Miss Winslow, you're on. She's
4: beautiful. She's intelligent. She's charming. Everything that I want in newswoman. Ladies and gentlemen, may I present Miss Robin Winslow. Give me the kid.
1: <laughs> Thank you, young man. Whoever he was, I... <sighs> Hello, San Francisco. This is Robin Winslow, Channel 8 News. Substantial rainfall in key northern watersheds, has you any-
2: Everyone's celebrating with some soda and grape juice back at the house. Danny toasts to Robin, Channel 8's newest field reporter. And Robin toasts back to them, and to all of you for all of your help. Thank you. And Stephanie says, you're welcome. DJ looks at her and asks, well, what did you do? And Stephanie tells her, well, I don't know, but when someone says thank you, supposed to say you're welcome. Robin asks Jesse if she can have a word with him. And she says, yeah, sure, will you excuse us? Okay, uh, Joey, definitely, I don't know what this out this shirt is, but it's like bright yellow with different uh, images on it. I am not feeling that, and I'm just, that's going to be the uh, worst outfit of the episode award, definitely. And when Jesse asks, will you excuse us? And Stephanie says, you're excused. I love being polite.
3: It's a robin. channel 8's newest field reporter
0: and to all of you for all of your help thank you you're welcome what did you do I don't know but when somebody says thank you you're supposed to say you're welcome Jesse can I have a word with you
4: sure will you excuse us
0: you're excused I love being polite
2: So Robin and Jesse are in the backyard and she says, I just want to say thank you for all your help. That, bo- that, bo- that uh, Massachusetts accent's coming out again. And she's like, I just want to say thank you for all your help. It's on the word help. I'm not trying to criticize her or anything. I just think it's kind of fun how she's, her born Massachusetts accent is coming out. <laughs> and Jesse's like, hey, I'm happy to do it. Which, which part helped you out the most? And she says, oh, I'd have to say it was your insane newscast. <laughs> it was so awful and made me look <laughs> terrific. He says, "That eh, that's all part of my plan. And she tells him, you know, I was wrong about you. You're different than all the other yous I've dated, but you know what I like the most? And he's like, hmm, let's see. How about my love for adventure? The way I live life on the edge. I'm like, no, that's kind of still in keeping with her thoughts about, uh, why she doesn't date people like that and he said she tells him your strong maternal instincts and jesse says the words i've been dying to hear from a woman and jesse just he can't believe he's like oh boy when did this happen i never used to like kids until i talked to one and robin says well you've got a terrific family here those girls really adore you and robin says and i'm beginning to see why And Jesse tells her, he's like, listen, Robin, I'm not the type of guy that just rushes into relationships, okay? Well, and that's the thing. With the ladies that he's dated, these aren't relationships to him, really. A relationship is going out on more than one date with a person. And a lot of these ladies, other than Jill, he really, you don't see him again. And it's just more of a, he's, at the time, he probably was not looking to be in a committed relationship. Or he's just not, you know, finding the right people. I mean, yes, he does mention several times throughout, you know, one day he, even with Kar- Karina, he's like, I just, I was hoping she'd be the one like, could settle down with. It's like, dude, that is coming up. But the thing is, and I, I'm with Jesse, you know, the one thing I lacked that I wish I didn't was. It's patience. It is 100%. I have zero patience when it comes, especially when it comes to waiting. And it just, like, the thing is, all, you know what saying? All good things, you know, happen in time. It's just we're so in a rush, 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 rush state that we don't give ourselves enough time to s- step back, take a breath. Let something happen. There's a reason things are called a slow burn for a reason. Things will happen, but you gotta give it time to have the necessary necessary steps in order for it to happen. And he 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 takes Danny's advice finally. He's like, you know, I think you and I should become friends. And she's like, you know, I I'd like that. And he says, good. So he's like, all right, good, we'll just be friends then, right? You you got it, buddy. She puts out her hand, she's like, You got it, buddy. <laughs> he says, "All right, pal. And so that's the thing. You can be friends with someone of a, you know, of a different of a different sex. I don't understand why that was a big thing of oh, boys and girls can't be friends without there being romantic chemistry getting in the way. It's like no, no. I've had male friends." in my, in, you know, elementary school, and teens, and never once did I think, like, that would turn into something romantic. I just, I don't like that. Like, how can you have this person as a friend and not be attracted to You're not going to be attracted to everyone of whatever gender that you're around. That's not how that works. What attracts them to somebody else is their personality and who they are. But Jesse, again, throws it out like, hey, listen, if you want to go beyond this friendship thing, I'm 100% whenever you just say the word. He tells her, you're going to have to make the first move because it won't be me. They're still holding (laughs) their hands. They're still in the shaking hands mode. And she says, I understand that. And she's like, oh, come on, let's get back to the party. They hashed it out. They cemented groundwork. We're both on the <laughs> we both have a better understanding of what we both want and where we're both at. So let's just before things get weird and take a turn, let's go back inside. Like really, yeah, there really isn't nothing left to say. And Jesse, know that he's like, if you you know you want to take things past friendship, you're gonna have to make the first move. And if she goes to go back and study, he's like, Robin, I'm curious. If you did happen to make that first move, what would it be? He's like, I would really hate to miss it. I'm like, you think she's going to tell you? That's not how it works. And she says, trust me, if I made a move, you'd know it. And she says, okay, pal. And Jesse says, okay, little buddy. And they hug each other. Jesse, please. He asks, was that a move? And she asks him, did your toes curl? And he says, yeah. He says, yeah, does that mean you're making a move? She says, no, when I make a move, everything curls. Jesse says, have mercy, she's already back inside. And he goes back in after her. This is why this does not work out. I'm sorry, but Jesse, as much as he's like, let's be friends, we know that's not what he wants. So I can't see them... I can't see them being friends. And I honestly, I, I'm not a fan of ultimatums. It's like, we're either together or we're nothing. I don't want to just, I don't want to be your friend. It's like, well, then you're nothing. Sometimes that's just how it's got to be. It's You know, you go your separate ways. You, you're both not on board with it. Don't force each other to stay in a, a relationship or friendship if you're both not on board and you're both not feeling it. Because that's not fair to either one of you. You're wasting your time with someone where it really isn't going to go anywhere, and it's better off finding a person that you want to make time for.
0: I just wanted to thank you for all
1: your help.
4: I'm happy to do it. Which part helped you out the most?
1: Oh, I'd have to say it was your insane newscast. It was so awful, it made me look terrific.
4: And it's all part of my plan.
1: I was wrong about you. You're different than all the other years I've dated before, but do you know what I like most?
4: Hmm, let's see. Uh, how about my love for adventure? Uh, the way I live my life <laughs> on the edge. Your strong maternal instincts. The words I've been dying to hear from a woman. <laughs> oh, boy, how did this happen? I never even used to like kids until I talked to them.
1: Oh, you've got a terrific family here. Those girls really adore
4: you. And I'm beginning to see why. Listen, Robin, I'm not the type of guy that just rushes into relationships, okay? I think you and I should become friends.
1: I'd like that.
4: Good. So we'll just be friends, period.
1: You got it, buddy.
4: All right, pal. (laughs) Now, but listen, if you want to go beyond this friendship thing, you're going to have to make the first move, okay? Because it's not going to be me.
1: I understand that
4: let's get back to the party come on robin i'm curious if you did happen to make that first move what would it be i mean i'd hate to miss it (laughs)
1: Trust me if i made a move you'd know okay bill okay little buddy is
4: that a move
1: did you toast girl
4: yeah does that mean you're making a move
1: no When I make a move, everything
2: curls.
4: (laughs) Have mercy.
2: Alright, so that was the episode. I hope you enjoyed it. Had a fun time covering this one. So, what I'm planning to do... From the next episode, because it is a two-parter, I'm splitting it up into two because I don't want the podcast to be over four hours long. I'm not going to do that to you guys. So next week, the next lady I'm going to be introducing you to is Samantha. This is the final lady of the Jessie's Ladies series for January. And then the next Jesse's Lady, of course, is the woman we all know and love from season two as Rebecca Donaldson. So, this season one, episode 19, the seven month itch, part one, aired March 11th, 1988. In this episode, Jesse is fed up with his lack of privacy and family responsibilities, especially when they interfere with his love life. This episode's got a 7.1 out of 10. And we have Chelsea Noble playing Samantha. The name may sound familiar because this actress would later... Actually, now that I think about it, let me see when she's... Okay, so the following year, she would play Kate McDonald in 1989 to 1992 on the hit ABC series Growing Pains, which also, you know... House is also part of that network. And she, in fact, fell in love with Kirk Cameron on the set of growing paints, and they got married. They're married to this day. They have, I don't know how many kids, but um yeah. Look forward to that. And then, of course, after that, the week after that, we will have the final episode of The Jesse's Ladies series with Seven Month Itch Part 2, where jesse I'm not going to spoil it, but then again, if you've seen the show a bunch, between growing up and now you kind of know where Part 1 ends and where Part 2 begins. And of course, in February, we're going to look at Joey's Ladies. There are only three episodes in that series in February. We have season two's *Blast from the Past*. We have season three's Joey and Stacy, and oh yeah, Jesse. And then, of course, rounding out Joey's ladies, we meet Roxy in Joey's funny Valentine. Of course, *Blast from the Past* kicks off with a old flame, an old college flame of Joey's, P- Patty Fogarty. <laughs> yeah, so we'll learn more about her and Stacy and Roxy in February. So, worst outfit of the episode, I'm Hanta, I'm giving it to Joey with that yellow comic book image pattern on his sh- all throughout his shirt. Best outfits... Hmm... That's the thing, after recording this over the course of multiple days, I sometimes tend to forget <laughs> whether or not I already awarded somebody. I'm just going to say Robin's Rabin, <laughs> um, blue top and pants combo. It's not a pantsuit, I don't believe, but I'm just going to say that's the best fit of the episode. If I said something else earlier, then that can be second place. <laughs> I'm sorry. I just... Tanner Teachable moment also for this episode is pretty much cut and dry in terms of if somebody does not want to date you, For whatever their reasons are, you need to accept that and walk away. You don't say, no, you're not breaking our date. I won't let you. Or start listing your virtues as to why they should date you. If the person flat out does not want to, or they've made their, we can be friends or we can be nothing, but I'm not going out with you. You need to, again, back off and accept what they're telling you. No one likes somebody that is aggressive and forceful. I at least I know I wouldn't. That is a huge turn off. So and and and, and that is basically for the Jesse and and ness of it all. When it comes to when it comes to fear of interviews, auditions, and stuff, just honestly, as nervous as you are, just. Don't pretend to be someone that you're not because that's just not going to work. You owe it to yourself and to your audition to be your yourself as best as you can possibly be. And just, you know, if, if that's not enough for them, then that's on them. That's not on you. You give everything you have and you show how much you want it. If you do want it, because... That shows that you have a passion for your your craft, your your work, and what, and, and what you want to do, that drive, that's drive to be successful and, and do a good job. But if you don't, you know, again, just honestly, that's what I'm saying. Be true to yourself. Don't try to be someone else. And honestly, that could honestly be just a... a that can go towards life as well. Nobody likes somebody who's not honest with themselves and honest with others. You're really cheating yourself and other people out of getting to know the real you. And those are my Tanner Teachable moments for this week. I will see you guys next week with the first of the two-parter, the seven-month-inch, part one. Have a great week. Also... If you haven't let yet and you'd like to leave a review for the podcast, just go to iTunes, Apple Podcasts, type in Full House or Fuller House podcast, and leave a review. All right. Also, if you want to email the podcast, you can do so at o m h c f h f h p. Ah, I'm sorry. It's 1:47 in the afternoon. O m h c. FHFHpodcast at gmail.com. I'm sorry, I feel like I made the the email podcast longer than it needed to be. But, uh, all right. Bye bye, everybody.